excited about our passage this morning. I'm really excited about just our, our time of worship that we've already had. And I'm really excited for us to just see these three simple points when we look into, as you see in your bulletin, the title of the body of Christ. The body of Christ. And we, this whole sermon series in the book of Ephesians is, is about being identified. And we're identified in Christ if we are in Christ. We looked at that several times already in this chapter about what it is to have a relationship with God and our life being placed in Christ, okay? And so that's where this conversation is. Paul, he's the writer of Ephesians, and he's talking to these Christians that are there in this very specific city, okay, this city of Ephesus. And so Paul is speaking to them, he's talking to them, he's writing to them as a person of authority from the Lord, a, 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 a I was going to say a prophet, but I wanted to say, a, a, oh goodness, an apostle, excuse me, an apostle of the Lord to this very specific people group, okay? But it applies to you and me because he's talking also in the general sense for us to understand uh, that he's still speaking these words to us today. It applies to us as believers if you're in Christ, okay? And so when we finished up last week, we talked about all these great things that we have in Christ in verse 19. It continued, you know, uh, it showed us of just the power that we had in Christ Jesus if we're found in him, okay? And so as we move on to verse 20, 21, 22, 23, excuse me, four verses this morning, we're gonna see just in, our, in the body of Christ of how God, three points this morning of how God positions us. So we'll see in verse 20, our position in Christ. In verse 21, we'll see the power that we have in Christ. And in verse 22 and 23, we're gonna see the peace that we'll have in Christ. And I'll repeat those later when we get to those verses, but the position, the power, and the peace that we have in the body of Christ. And so I want us to just go ahead and just dive right on into it. In verse 20, he tells us, very simple, which he, talking about after the power of God, all these things that he has given to us uh, in the Lord Jesus Christ, he said, which he, talking about God, worked in Christ, in Jesus, when he, this is God, raised him, Jesus, from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places. And so it shows the position of Christ. It shows where Christ is positioned today. Christ, the Bible tells us that he ascended up into heaven and he sat at the right hand of the Father. And he's there doing several different things. He's there in authority. He's there uh, whenever we could really get into this morning into positioning of how the, it looked like this in the, in the Bible days, what that really signified and meant. When you were at the right hand of that person, you had, it, it, was, it was your equal. Like you brought him in and he had that same kind of authority. He was your right hand man. Like whatever he said went because it was basically coming from your own mouth as well. And so uh, that position there that Jesus took, uh, it was a place of authority and to know that he was in control. Also, not only, not only was he in a place of authority there, uh, when he sits at the right hand of the Father, but the Bible also tells us that he makes intercession for us. In other words, if we're found in Christ, if we're there in Christ Jesus, and here we are going through our everyday life, Jesus is sitting at the right hand of God, and whenever uh, he's there praying on our behalf to the Father, 
uh, for us when we pray to God. We're doing that through the Lord Jesus Christ is because of all the things that he has done. So that position there is very, very important for us to see that God, once he raised Jesus from the dead, and that kind of power that he placed him there right there at the right side of the Father. And the Bible, like I said, tells us that he makes intercession for us. On that first point in our position, I, I'm going to turn just real quick. I already have it marked. But in Romans uh, chapter 6, uh, it tells us, and I do this whenever I baptize people. There's a couple of you in here that I've baptized, and I say these words. And in Romans chapter 6, you want to write this down. It talks about, it says uh, in verse 4, it says, Therefore we were buried with him. When we come to Christ and we have a relationship with him, this is what happens inside of us. And when we baptize someone publicly out here in those cold waters in that uh, little trough, uh, that is showing what has already happened inside of you. Okay. And so in verse 4, it says, Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death. We, you and I, if we are believers this morning, we have been buried with Jesus and that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Jesus was a different person. You know, I never thought about this until a few years ago when I heard this, that Jesus didn't go back up to heaven the same way that he had come from heaven as a baby wrapped in swallowing clothes. There was one thing that was different with him. I thought was pretty interesting. He went back with the nail-scarred hands and the scars in his feet as well. He went back with that when he went back up to heaven. He didn't come down on the earth with those scars, but when he went up to heaven, he went with that. And so for us to know that we are identified with that, that when we are a new creation in Christ, when we are new, we have been born again, the Bible tells us in John chapter 3, that there's something uniquely different about us. Jesus went back with those scars on his hands and on his feet because there was something that happened. He was a resurrected Savior. And he did that because of the love that he had for you and I and for this world. People that hated and despised him, that were going against him, that rejected him. I heard this this week and I thought it was really good. It says, when you say yes to Christ, you're saying no to the world, yourself, Satan. When you're saying no to God, you're saying yes to those things. You may not deliberately think you're saying yes to Satan, but when you're saying no to God, that's what you're really doing. And so as we look at this and understand what it's telling us here in that, in that Romans passage of Scripture that we have been made new in the Lord once God has resurrected our life out of ourselves and our sin and our death that we had in our life where it leads to death, the Bible tells us, that we have been made new in the Lord, that we are changed, that we are different. We have those scars on our life of knowing that we this is how who we used to be, and because of what Jesus Christ has done in our life, this is who I am now. And so we're new, we buried in likeness of his death, and now risen to walk in newness of life. There should be a complete change in our life, just as Jesus even had that change in his physical body because of what he'd done for us. I said this earlier in the message, still relating to our position in Christ in verse 20, uh, verse, uh, chapter 2, verse 6 in Ephesians tells us, I'll read it again, and it says, and he raised us up together, that we have been raised together and made us sit together in the heavenly places. In Christ Jesus, as he said, that he has made us to sit together in, in the heavenly places. And so Paul also tells us, not only in this passage of Scripture, but in another passage of Scripture in Philippians, he tells us that our citizenship is no longer on this earth. 
that we are citizens now of heaven. And so I told you all last week that God, thank the Lord, he doesn't see us in our past and he doesn't even just see us in our future. He sees us as who we're going to be. He sees us where we're going. I told you all about Gideon and how, how God called him a, a, just a, a man of faith. And at that time when he told him that, Gideon was really characterized as a coward. He had not shown that kind of faith yet. But thank the Lord, the Lord doesn't see us so where we were and where we are right now, but he sees us so where we're going. And so he tells us here that he has seated us in the heavenly places and our citizenship is in heaven that I don't have, I don't have the right just to go about doing my own business and just go about my own way because I have to find out what's happening with the Father. My position is different. I am there seated with Christ in the heavenlies. Now, there's some people that I, I have been around whether it's another pastor or a church uh, person that just seems like they know a lot about the Bible. And, uh, you know, if you just sit there all day and you just read the Bible and read the Bible and read the Bible and you just say, man, I'm, I'm just, just this great Christian. I would say sometimes those people like that are so uh, heavenly minded that they're no earthly good. Okay? That's probably not the position that we are today. For us, we're so earthly minded that we're not, doing, we're not any heavenly good. Okay, and for us, we need we we should be understanding our position that we are in the heavenly places with God. That is where our citizenship is. We need to be finding out what God wants to do on this earth in and through our lives. So our position in Christ is so important and so vital as far as us being part of the body of Christ. We are. Let's not. I mean, let me just pause for a second. We are the body of Christ. And think about it, am I representing the most important body? Am I representing that right? You know, there's a couple people in here, whether it's with the school or with a hospital or with a bank, and you, some of you own businesses that are involved in a lot of different things. You are a representation of, you know, you represent something. I should say that. You represent something. And so when you're out and about, and, uh, and if you act a fool and you act crazy, that looks bad on who you are representing. And, you know, it could be a basketball team of, of the high school that go and they are playing a basketball game and they have that jersey on. And mom and dad could have picked them up and brought them to McDonald's after the game. You know, signed them out, picked them, you know, and, and brought them home. We do this with our daughter sometimes after a ball game instead of riding the bus back home. And, and they still have that jersey on. They still have that representation and, uh, you know, and let's, I'll use my daughter as example. I'll pick on her this morning because she's in nursery. And, uh, you know, she, she just gets mad at the person who's working there and just has a little temper tantrum there and, and maybe even has a little fun. And, you know, she has ice cream. It's not what she wanted, and she just throws it back at him. I don't know. I'm making it up on the spot. It goes viral. It's not only a representation of my home, but it's also a representation of the school uniform that she's wearing, Right? And it goes viral and it makes it look bad not only on this town, on, this, on our city. It makes it look bad on this school it just, because of the representation that it has. And so for us to be positioned in Christ, it doesn't matter. Listen, this is what I love about our church. I believe, I believe in the foundation that we have. I believe in the doctrinal statement that we are. I don't waver from that. I'm more worried about your relationship with God. 
I, I, I don't care about if you wear a Baptist tag or a Pentecostal tag or a, a Catholic tag. I don't care that you have any of those things. It doesn't change what I believe the scripture says about the word of God and, and who God is. Okay, first of all. But I care about your relationship with God. I want you to understand your position in Christ. Let's move on to the next verse, verse 21. He tells us that this is who God is. This is who we are in Christ. He's going to tell it, relate it more to us at the end. But it is pertaining to us because we're found in Christ. In verse 21, it tells us of this power that we have in Christ Jesus. He said that Christ... He is, he says he's in heavenly places and he's far above all principality and power and might and dominion. Every name that is, that is named, not only in this age, but also in the age to come. He is basically laying the foundation of anything that has any kind of authority that comes against God. It is not a tug of war between God and Satan. You understand that. It is not a tug of war of who's going to win as far as just God and anybody. He is far above, the Bible tells us, than any power, any dominion, anything, not only in this age, but in the age to come. There's nothing that's going to take God by surprise. There's nothing that's going to overpower God. He is an authority of those things, anything that comes into place. You can write this scripture down, but Matthew 16, verse 18, Matthew 16, 18, it tells us of the story of how Jesus says, on this rock, uh, he tells this to Peter. A lot of people tell us that it was based on Peter that he was going to build this. No, it's a different word for rock. But he says, on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And he also says that what the things that are loosed in earth will be loosed in heaven and, and what are uh, bound on earth, will uh, bound in heaven will be bound on earth. And what he's telling us here is that we are seeking the things of God. Right, We are seeking the things of God because we are positioned with him in heaven. And so the things that God already has control of, God already has authority of, that is what we are accomplishing here on this earth. The things that are bound in heaven are bound on earth. The things that are loosed in heaven are loosed on earth. And so for us to know that God has these things, the Bible even tells us that it's under his feet. It's under his feet. Uh, that he tells us that in uh, uh, in that passage in in uh, in the book of Psalms, it tells us that uh, it says that I, I may have gotten my scripture. Let me let me turn to Matthew uh, 16 to make sure I was re referencing the right one. But Matthew 16, yes, I was verse 18. But it tells us that 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 uh, that the things that are loosed in earth will be loosed uh, loosed in heaven will be loosed on earth. And so for us to figure out what God is wanting to accomplish in and through us on this earth. And so God is over all of those things in our life. I want to, uh, what I wanted to move on to is Luke chapter 20. Uh, and Luke chapter 20, he continues on and he tells us not only are those things that he's over all of these things, but Luke chapter 20 in verse 42, it tells us now David himself said in the book of Psalms, Luke chapter 20, verse 42 and verse 43. It says, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. And so the reason that I wanted to read that passage of scripture is to really bridge us from verse 21 into verse 22. He has the power inside of him and he's over all of these things, Jesus Christ is. And if we're with him and we're placed in, in Christ Jesus and we're with him in the heavenly places, that we have that kind of control and that kind of power, not in our own might, not in our own abilities, not in our own agendas, 
but in God's agenda and what God is trying to do. And he also tells us, when I reference that Luke 20, uh, 42 and 43, he says, until one day I make your enemies your footstool. Your footstool. I don't really have a footstool. I got the concept. I know what it is. I can't even get my kids to, I mean, they're, you know, back in older days, they used to come take off their daddy's shoes or their boots. Maybe I don't wear boots, you know, that's, maybe that's the issue. But the footstool under him, under him, meaning that no one is placed over him. Jesus, before he came on this earth, it seemed like the devil was winning. It seemed like the earth uh, was just going in a bad place. And when Jesus came and he lived on this earth, he allowed the things to happen that were happening while he was here on this earth because he had a plan. He had a place that he was going. He was going to die on the cross for our sins and he was going to put to death the enemy once and for all. He was going to be a defeated foe. And Satan, yes, still has authority on this earth. We understand those things, but it's nothing greater than where God is. And where God is, is his enemies. Anything that comes against us is at his footstool. And that's what it tells us here in this verse in, in Luke chapter 20 uh, and in references uh, back in the book of Psalms. Verse 22 continuing in that place and seeing our peace that we have with God because he tells us in verse 22, it says, and he put all things under his feet. God, he put all things under the feet of Jesus whenever he raised him from the dead, he placed him in the heavenly places, his enemies are his footstool. He placed all these things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things, say it with me, to the church. To the church. He is head over all things to the church. And so for us to be that kind of representation, let's just grade ourselves silently in our own minds because we're in a school, right? And a bad grade is not, you know, it's kind of frowned upon. But if for us to be honest, not in place of guilt and make you feel bad, but in, in place of understanding of where we are, evaluating where we are, to be Understanding the, 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 uh, the power that we have in the Lord to be able to move on from where God is convicting us or maybe showing us in our life to know that, listen, he's done all these things for us and he's done it to the church. And so we are that church. We are that representation. We have that kind of power that's inside of us. I hope that we are seeing the peace that we could rest in in the Lord to know that, listen, he is the one that's in control and I've just got to get my instructions. I've got to get my orders from God. Not that I have to do it in my own power. Now, let me just stop and be a little bit practical for a, a second. Is that the reason that we don't have peace in our own life is because we're trying in our own power. We're going about it. We're not understanding our position in Christ. We're not understanding the power that we have in the Lord. And so as we're going about our daily life, we're a, place, we're a people of being unsettled and not being at peace. And not, it's just that relationship is broken between us and the Lord. And when we are doing those first two things of understanding our position in Christ and listening to heaven, finding out what heaven's orders are, and we're living in that power, and that's where the peace of God is in our life. That we can really sit in that place and rest in that place in the Lord because it's not us trying to figure out what to do. I can't even begin to comprehend of how my thought, what I'm thinking right now, and then my hands adjusting to it, 
in response of what my mind is saying to my arms. And I know that's kind of silly because I can't even really explain it. Or also my legs and how just in my positioning, but it's all being controlled up here. And so God is the head. He is the one in control. It's not for, for me to figure out what to do and what to think. It's for the mind, it's for the, it's for the head to be able to control those things in our lives. I was so having a hard time deciding on the title of our message this morning because it's the rest of this book so much relates to the body of Christ. And, but I still named it the body of Christ. Hopefully it won't be a duplicate message later on as far as just in title and the sense for the title. But in verse 20 of 23, it continues on and says, this church, which is his body, that, that just that little phrase there is referring back to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. And in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 16, it tells us from, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share causes growth of the body and the edifying of itself in love. And so it's telling us that we're all part of this body of Christ and we're all just doing our part, running down our own lane I'm not asking you to run in somebody else's lane or do another body part's job, but he's talking about being in the body of Christ and understanding your position that you have in the body of Christ to be able to do the things that God is asking you specifically to do. And I hope this morning that we could understand and know what it is to really be part of the body of Christ. Can God's people just say amen this morning?